You are listening to LGR Reviews on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please leave a rating and a review of this episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let's Get Ready Network. We're going to be talking about Hawkeye, the first two episodes that dropped earlier this week. I'm here with the awesome, uh, the only Adelia Chamberlain, <laughs> a.k.a. A. Dizzle. How are you doing today? Oh, God, that A. Dizzle thing is never going <laughs> to die, is it? I'm no, doing I, good. How about you? I'm doing good. No, I think... Uh, Spectacular is coming up, and you're going to be there uh, with everybody. I think that uh, nobody's going to call you Adelia. They're all going to call you Adizzle. No. That's going to be going around. Um, but, sure that's true. <laughs> but uh, we are here today to, to talk about Hawkeye, and uh, we'll start with our, our sort of overall thoughts on the first couple episodes. Uh, what did you think so far? I liked them. I liked them a lot. Um, it hasn't grabbed me and hooked me in the way that WandaVision and, and Loki did. I, this is sort of the start of it more to me, like I felt about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I really, really enjoyed, but just wasn't as fully into the way that I was WandaVision and Loki. But this has still been really cool. I love Kate Bishop as a character. Haley Steinfeld is portraying her so well so far. And I love the banter between her and Clint. Um, and and I think Jeremy Renner just has that oh god I'm so sick of this shit kind of thing <laughs> so, so well yeah um, but I've I've really enjoyed it what about you yeah I thought it was a, a lot of fun I think that's the best way to describe this show is fun uh, so far and uh, yeah I agree with everything you just said uh, don't like it maybe quite as much as Wandavision or Loki but it's only the first two episodes so far so I feel yeah. quite. I usually give my rankings or my grade towards the end of the, the season, like after it's all wrapped up and everything. But yeah, I really like uh, the chemistry between Renner and Steinfeld here. Uh, Haley Steinfeld is just awesome. I, I, she's just so likable. And uh, this character and everything too. Uh, and if you've read the comics, obviously she kind of becomes the next Hawkeye. And I think that the show, like part of the purpose of it is to pass the torch from Renner uh, over to to uh, Kate Bishop here, and uh, so I de definitely like in that aspect of it so far. And the way that those two actors have worked together uh, really makes me uh, makes you look forward to the rest of the show and see what what where they're going to go with those two characters. Yeah, absolutely. And if I recall correctly, uh, when they announced this show at Comic Con. 2019, I guess it was. Good God, that seems so long ago. Um, it was like 10 uh, years Jeremy, ago. Yeah, it feels that way. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Renner, when he was on stage talking about it, um, said that Kate Bishop is the better Hawkeye. So I'm really looking forward to to seeing that uh, come to fruition. I've read a little bit of the Matt Fraction and David Aha Kate Bishop Hawkeye run that this is really clearly based upon. I mean, you can just tell by the opening credits in the first episode that is so clearly mock uh not mocking but um copying the art style from that book that comic book and i'm really looking forward to delving further into this because that i really enjoyed what i read of that comic book and i think that it's the perfect way to introduce kate bishop into uh the mcu yeah definitely and i i really like the opening credits as well and I was kind of talking about it with a buddy of mine recently when we were going back and watching the uh, Raimi Spider-Man movies, how they had these, like, really uh, great, like, even Spider-Man 3 uh, has these really great, like, opening sequences that are very, very feel very much like the pages of a comic book, and we kind of don't really get that as much with the MCU, uh, but we sort of do, like, but it's at the end of the movie, usually, like, yeah. at, uh, instead of kind of at the beginning, and what I like about these Disney Plus shows is that you have that kind of at the beginning of the, of the uh, whole thing. So uh, really, really like the, the opening sequence as well, uh, where we see sort of her perspective as a, as a young kid, 
during the Battle of New York in 2012. Um, so I, I love it when uh, this show or, or certain uh, movies or, or whatnot, especially the MCU, give like a different perspective of something that we've seen already. And then yeah. how that's uh, going to affect that character later on and like um, factor into their arc and everything. So I, I definitely uh, love that. And sort of we get why she sort of uh, looks up to Hawkeye and he, that he's sort of her favorite superhero um, because yeah. of this whole sequence where she, she sees him out the window and you got the Chitari invading and everything. And uh, she, she escapes with her mother. And we find out that her father sort of uh, passed in that, in that battle. So um, I was really curious uh, when watching that, that they chose to have Eleanor be the parent that survives in this, because in the comic book, it's Derek that survives and Eleanor that dies. Interesting. Yeah. So um, it's heavily, heavily um, implied in the comic book that Derek is responsible for Eleanor's death. So as soon as I saw this, it was like, okay, Derek went downstairs and then uh, Kate had lunch with her mother. And then her mother said, I'm going downstairs, go get the checkers or whatever. And then we never saw Derek again. And he's, he's died, but we never saw him die or heard how he died. So I'm very curious if they're going to do the whole implying that Eleanor is responsible for his death at some point in time in this series. Yeah, that that's really interesting because definitely you kind of get a bit of a sh- a shady vibe from that character. Uh, yeah, where we see her later on, uh, and Vera Vera Farmiga is great in this as as that character. Oh, so good. and yeah, yeah, she's that's so awesome to see her in the MCU, and this is like the perfect kind of role for her, I would say. And uh, again, really great chemistry between her and Haley Seinfeld, who like. So if we're being honest, Haley Steinfeld has great chemistry with, with everybody on this show uh, yeah. so far. And she's just a, such a great, like, talented actress. And you really do no wrong in my book. But um, all, all gushing aside, we we do sort of see her introduction uh, later on. She's she's uh, older. She's 22, I think, at this point. Um, so I guess if you do the math, uh, kind of looks like at the beginning of the, the show, she, she might be about um, – you know, uh, tw- like 11, 12 years old. So the math would yeah. kind of check out that she probably survives the blip. Yeah. Or she, the, the snap. Survived. I hate calling it the blip, but yeah. Yeah, I hate calling it the blip. <laughs> she definitely, if she's 22, and I have read an article from one of the producers that said this show's taking place not in De- uh, December of 2024. So over a whole year oh, after wow. Endgame. So if she's 22 in this show, then she definitely survived the the blip, snap. the snap, yeah. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think makes it interesting that we now have yeah. both her and Clint as uh, survivors of that five-year period. Right. Like one of their biggest common traits. And I, yeah. I would be interested to see if they explore that a bit. And I, you would think that they probably would, uh, given that they have six episodes to kind of flesh this thing out. But um, yeah, I, that's that's really kind of kind of interesting to look at. But yeah, she's, she's kind of, we, we first see her, She's, I guess, trying to show off to her friends a little bit where she's... she's I think I heard them say she lost a bet. Oh, okay. Is that what it was? All right. So she has to shoot the arrow at the bell and uh, obvi- obviously... And get the bell see, to ring, yeah. Get the bell to ring as like kind of a Christmassy thing. We have a very like holiday-themed sort of vibe throughout the show. Uh, and uh, so she, in the process of doing that, just totally destroys the, the whole clock tower and everything. And... Uh, I think one of her friends is named Rue, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't that uh, the character that becomes Iron Man uh, later on down the line, or is that is that somebody That's else? That's Riri Williams. That's and Riri. She's coming right. in okay. in uh, Black Panther, uh, Wakanda Forever. Gotcha. Okay. In, so. All right. So yeah, I, so I don't know who her friends her. are beyond just a couple of people that were at the college that she knew. We'll gotcha. see if they come back okay. later in the show. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's where I got confused because Riri kind of sounds like Rue a little bit to me. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we sort of get her introduction. So I really like how they sort of establish her here as, you know, she's sort of the got that youthful sort of vibe uh, going to her. But, uh, yeah, I, th- this was this was fun, a fun way to sort of set up this character for sure. Is, it, is this kind of similar to how they introduce her in the comics? 
Um, it's it's a little different in the comics. Uh, when she meets Clint in the comics, uh, he is Ronan instead in this one. Okay, she's got the Ronan suit. Right. So there there are quite a, a few changes, but um, I think that uh, this introduction of her was great because it showed how great of an archer she is just with that first arrow that didn't make the bell ring because it was a direct hit. And then she's got the trick arrows that latched onto the, you know, the the rope for the, whatever you call that thing inside a bell. And um, so she, she's already thinking about trick arrows like like Hawkeye, yeah. like Clint has. I, sh- I need to quit calling him Hawkeye because they're both Hawkeye, really. Right. Um, but I liked this introduction for her. It shows that she's, you know, she doesn't back down from a bet. She's not really scared of anything. And I thought, you know, that really rang true to me to what I've read of her in the comic books. Yeah, yeah. She She's not one to back down from a fight either. I mean, I, I no. get the feeling that she's just a total badass, uh, really, in every sense. Uh, yeah, and, and, and we got to we got to look at that later on in the uh, first episode when she was down in the wine cellar. Yeah, and like I don't know why her first instinct was to put on the Ronin suit. Yeah, she but she did really fast, really yeah. quick change. <laughs> well, um, and I was like, yeah, but like she didn't back down. Like even when she was like confronted by the the guy that was Gary that she had told the waiter that had sent her down there, even though he clearly hadn't, she didn't like panic or anything. She just went with it. And yeah, sort of that's sort of that whole like uh, sequence down there is her like discovering what's happening. The tracksuit mafia guys or bros or what, however we want to refer to them show up and she just sort of does what she thinks she needs to do, which is, fight them yeah and i think that's an interesting quality which is most of the thing about clint that i've noticed throughout all of these is he kind of is the reluctant superhero and i like the juxtaposition with kate who wants to clearly be a superhero right so yeah that that is interesting for sure um and uh, i i love some of that hand-to-hand combat stuff Uh, my, my dad i was watching this with was like asking me, like, well, how is she able to, to do that move so quick? And I was like, oh, I had to remind him that earlier on in the episode, they, they established that she sort of has all this martial arts training and yeah. uh, background and, and all sorts of stuff. So she's not just a, uh, you know, state champion in archery or, or whatever it is, but she's also, like, got jujitsu and, you know, uh, taekwondo, I think maybe they mentioned sort of all these yeah. martial arts uh, backgrounds as well. And I think there are a couple other things things in there so she's just one of those sticks yeah uh, i'm trying to think of the opening credits because the opening credits is basically kate's journey from where we see her in 2012 at her father's funeral telling her mother she needs a bow and arrow uh through fencing and archery and gymnastics and, right. and martial arts and everything until like she's in you know modern day in college well, yeah. modern day it's what five <laughs> four or five years in the future but um i I thought that was really interesting way to tell all that story. And then like, just, you can say later in there, you've had a black belt since you were 15 and you're like, Oh yeah, we, right. we saw that. Yeah. Yeah. There's that line there that sort of establishes that. But um, yeah. So as, as we have this stuff going on with Kate Bishop, we also have stuff going on with Clint uh, and he's, he's taking his kids to see Steve Rogers, the musical. <laughs> that, that musical number made me laugh so hard. Oh, it was uh, it was something else. That's for sure. Oh, it it was cringeworthy, and I think it was obviously designed to be that it's way. Meant because, to be, yeah. Um, you've just got Clint. Uh, my favorite part about it is Clint sits there and he turns off his hearing aid, and I love that he has the <laughs> hearing aid. But um, he turns off his hearing aid, and then his daughter, who's played by uh, Ava Russo, who's one of the Russo brothers, I forget which one's daughter, um, and who played. Uh, Lila Barton in Infinity War. Endgame, yeah, right. Endgame. Um, I really loved that <laughs> she just was like, did you turn off your hearing aid? <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine that was really traumatic for Clint. So yeah, he, he, he has that PTSD when he sees the actress that's playing Natasha. Yeah. And then like, 
like the actor that's playing Steve singing I can do this all day and then when <laughs> they get to the part where uh, Hulk's magic word is smash and he's just like I'm sick of this I'm done I'm through with this shit <laughs> gets up and leaves. quits yeah <laughs> it was uh, like it I, yeah I saw comparisons to uh, Spider-Man in the dark or whatever the hell that that uh, oh, play that, that failed yeah. miserably uh, had all those issues but uh yeah, that was that was ridiculous. I've seen a lot of people saying, "Well, this better be performed at like the Disney parks now." And I'm just like, <laughs> really? "Really?" I don't know if we, we need that, but no. it was it was entertaining at least. Um, but yeah, he he uh, he goes to the bathroom and there's the the Thanos uh, was here thing that was Thanos pretty is, funny. Thanos was right. Yeah, that yeah. That, that, I understand that, like, there's always going to be people that are like that, but, like, I don't... Even learning what we learned in Eternals, which was basically that Thanos delayed what happened in Eternals. There we go. I, I got I one. I, I, <laughs> Thanos I wear that mask. Yeah. <laughs> Thanos was not right. He, he, made like, some val he made some valid points, but, he, yes, but like, the way he went it, about things... Uh, is questionable. There, there are solutions that don't involve murdering half the universe. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Anyways, but that's besides the point. But then you've got the, the cringe-worthy guy in the bathroom <laughs> wanting a selfie with Chris, Yeah, and it's just like... Really? Oh, Here? Dude. Yeah, but I it, thought, it shows I that... it was remarkably patient and <laughs> not anywhere yeah. near as mean as he could have been with that guy. But it's an accurate portrayal of probably how that would be he would be yeah. a pro hawkeye or any of these superheroes would probably be approached in the bathroom for a selfie and it's just like yeah that's how people are but um yeah uh the the musical steve rogers the musical uh now being nominated for all the tony awards oh, um <laughs> sure it would be <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah so so we have also uh as we kind of cut back here to uh kate bishop and what she's she's also going through with uh this new kit this character that's uh now together with her mother um and uh this guy is uh jack duquens was that right duquesne duquesne right uh who is swordsman in the comics so yeah that's sort the of the comics, character that's yeah, in the comics, he's a supervillain, but he's also the guy that, like, trained Clint, which I found was interesting. very interesting. Uh, that they worked him into the series. Now, obviously, I don't think that's going to be the case here, but I found it very interesting that they worked him into the series and then paired him up with Eleanor. Yeah. Yeah, that is very interesting. So, um, we do get, that, like, a little bit of a, a tease later where hit him and uh, Haley go at it. And I'm kind of, I was sort of talking about this when I was watching it going like, that's definitely going to play out again later. Like they're going to have an actual sword fight. Yeah. Uh, probably further on down the line. Cause it feels like this is the guy that they're establishing uh, as at least one of the villains. I don't know if they're going to be multiple villains on this show as all, all the I, rumors I around about. Kind uh, of a ruse. Yeah. Uh, I think he, they're he making it out to be that the, you believe he's the one that killed his uncle. Armand, right? Yeah, but I don't think he is. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it, we'll kind of have to see what where they go with his character and what sort of other reveals they have. Because yeah, we have the whole thing where he kills Armand, who uh, I I did a little bit of research, and I don't know if this is like the same Armand, but there's an Armand from the comic books that is a, a museum uh, guy. He like collects artifacts. And, of course, we have the whole thing later where he's, uh, you know, in, at the auction in the in the wine cellar. So I don't know if, like, and then the other thing is he introduces, like, his grandson, uh, which I found very interesting. And maybe the grandson, like, becomes this character from the comic books because he becomes this uh, thing called the butterfly. Uh, so I don't know if that's a character that they're going to maybe use later on down there. This is, like planting the seeds for, you know, 15 years from now in the MCU, maybe, but, like, because they do that, because Kevin Feige's a Batman like that. Yeah. yeah, they do that. 
So I, I did find that very interesting. That I, I don't. It's obviously another deviation, probably from the comics. But there is an Armand from from the Marvel comics that's this uh, doctor museum curator guy that uh, becomes the butterfly, which is like a supervillain. But um, I, I don't know anything about Armand uh, the third or the seventh or either right. of them. <laughs> Which, whatever they were. I know it was Armand the Third. I think it was Armand the Seventh, the little kid. I don't know anything about them, except I did uh, hear watching a, a review or breakdown or something on YouTube the, uh, the other day that I think in the comics he's Jack's father, not Jack's okay. uncle. Gotcha. So that's another interesting change. Why would you make that change? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about this wine cellar scene a little bit because it was very uh, – uh, I, I like the pacing of it. Yeah. Uh, and it definitely, like, furthered the story uh, along uh, nicely, I thought, um, where you sort of have the two of them uh, duking it out in this auction. Uh, he, he doesn't really have the money, but he's like, I'm marrying somebody who has all the money, which is obviously uh, Kate Bishop's mother. Uh, and the artifacts are, are ones that were sort of, uh, I guess, pulled from, uh, Avengers missions in the past or whatnot. And well, I think, I think the first one was a Triceratops skull. Oh yeah. That's which right. It's just weird. Yeah. It was weird that that was there. Yeah. But... And then the, the second one was Ronin's sword. Right, and they the auctioneer does state that no one knows who Ronan is, still to that day. So Clint's involvement in that has never gotten out. Yeah, and it also made you think, like, if he has ever, it seemed like he he was keeping secrets from his family that he has not revealed to them that he did all this shit and Ronan as Ronan in their honor. I don't think the kids know, but something that uh, Laura, his wife yeah. says in the second episode makes me think he told her. Okay. Cause that would kind of make sense. Like I'll, I'll let, let you in on what happened, but the kids aren't ready for it yet. And maybe tell them when they're older kind of deal. Yeah. Because she asks about the, the clothes and it's like, he has to have told her what those clothes are. I yeah. Think. So in my mind, that means he's told her, like, if Nat's not there, if Natasha's not there for him to talk to, that, and Tony's gone and Steve's gone, like, the the one person left that he's going to trust more than anyone else is his wife. So it makes sense to me that he would have told Laura. Yeah, that's, I think, all, all entirely possible. Uh, and maybe we get more of that later on i would i would assume that we would essentially since they're bringing back some of this ronin stuff um but yeah you have the suit you have the sword uh there's big big uh hoopla that goes down uh they're attacked by is this, is this the, the kind of the russians that come in here right it is in the comic books they're known as the tracksuit draculas i think you're okay. calling them the tracksuit mafia <laughs> yeah um it, they're very funny they end practically every sentence with the word bro I confused the hell out of Danny when I put up my little review tweet on Twitter the next morning because I was like, the Hawkeye's good, bro. And Danny's like, since when do you say bro? I was like, it's from the show, Danny. Um, but they're after a watch. Not the Ronin stuff. Right. After a watch. And if you, like, look at the like pause the video on when they find the watch it's like a red watch face with a gold band which are iron man colors so which has me wondering mm. if this is some sort of piece of stark tech that they're after could be that's interesting but like i don't understand it's another thing from the avengers compound which they must have just the, the whole thing was such a disaster zone that anybody could have been around there getting whatever so who knows yeah. how much stuff ended up on the black market but i found this fact that they did all of this over a watch to be very interesting yeah it is interesting and then of course later when we get more of them it seemingly revealed i mean i i certainly have a pretty good idea of who these folks are connected to uh yeah. with what we get at the end of episode two which we'll talk about um but yeah, it, it is an, an interesting 
uh, thing to look at there. Like, well, what is what are their intentions? What are they really after? Uh, if it's just this watch, but yeah. So uh, uh, Jack gets the sword, and uh, Kate Bishop, who's down there posing as a waitress, gets the uh, the Roman suit, and she sort of fights her way out of there. Um, and then we get this uh, we get this dog. So what's the deal with this dog? Uh, is there any is there any background on on this guy? Um, in in the the comics, uh, the dog is I forget the dog's original name, but it belongs to Ivan, the head of the tracksuit mafia, which is I think the guy oh, okay. that's in the black tracksuit. Everybody else is in red. He's the guy in black. I think that's who that's supposed to be. And Clint sort of rescues the dog after the dog's been injured, loses its eye. Takes the dog uh, back because in the comics, Clint's not married. He's living in an apartment in New York City. Like he protects this apartment building. Is the Kate Bishop comp, Hawkeye comic, basically? And um, he takes you know care of the dog, renames the dog Lucky, and the dog becomes Lucky the Pizza Dog because he eats pizza. Um, yeah. Now the nothing has been said about his name being Lucky yet. But the hashtag on Twitter is just Pizza Dog, so it makes pizza me wonder dog. if we're gonna okay. get the name Lucky until before like the end of the last episode or something. Yeah, but he's gonna obviously become Kate's dog in this. Right, and that's the I difference here. This, I think the CGI they've done on the dog is really, really looks good because yeah, there's been set photos of that dog where the dog's fine. Like nobody yeah. needs to worry about the dog. The dog is fine. <laughs> But um yes, the I dog has the, the motion capture on it. Yeah. I think. <laughs> the CGI. Yeah. Yeah. The, I thought the CGI was really good on there. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it again, it's the motion capture thing, it's where it really works, I think. Uh and you know, unlike what was that call of the wild or whatever with Harrison Ford where the dog oh, is all God. CGI, it looks horrible. It's like, oh man, like it I mean that's a pretty low bar to set, but yeah, I think I think it looks pretty good here for uh that may be lucky. We'll see what his name is, but um, there's definitely some good stuff there. Um, we we do get uh, eventually, uh, you know, as as uh, Clint is watching this on the news and, and now is sort of forced into uh, sending the kids kids back to mom and like sticking around and having to to deal with this thing uh, yeah. as, as he as he usually would. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just. It, it's an interesting sort of theme that I thought about when, when they were bringing it up that like this idea that he, he went through all this stuff, his family was gone. Now they're back and he, he's got all this time to spend with them, but he also still has his obligations as, as Hawkeye, you know? And like, I, I guess, you know, the, the idea, I think the, the perfect arc for this character would be to um, probably, uh, go off and sort of retire and be with his family full time considering yeah. he's, he has uh, had to lose them and go through all that and everything, you know, unless, unless they go with the, the direction of him sacrificing himself or something, but I would much prefer him sort of just to be like, okay, I'm, I'm done. My superhero days are over. I'm going to go be with my family and uh, Kate Bishop can be the new Hawkeye. Yeah. I sort of feel like that's the track they're going down. Cause I think if they yeah. wanted to kill, uh, Clint off, they would have done it in Endgame, right? Because they were they were going back and forth too between whether yeah. he was going to go or whether Natasha was going to go, and they were really yeah. with her. But and I can't I, imagine I they kept him alive just to usher in Kate Bishop, and then he dies. Like that yeah. seems pointless to me. Like I don't yeah. know how you would have necessarily brought Kate Bishop in without him. So I, That's I get a good why point. they didn't kill him in Endgame, but at the same time, I I don't think he dies in this series. I do think he you know, goes home and is retired and Kate takes up the mantle of Hawkeye and she's going to end up on the Young Avengers. They've introduced so many characters from the Young Avengers in these TV shows. Wanda's kids, um, Eli Bradley, who's Isaiah Bradley's grandson. Mm -hmm. Now we've got Kate Bishop. Cassie Lang, Scott uh, Ant-Man's daughter, is on Young Avengers. There's so many characters that have been introduced. Riri's going to be on there probably. Um, so it looks like uh, that's the direction they're going in with all of this. Who knows when that's happening, though? They've announced so much stuff. And yeah. none of that is part... That's not part of any of it. So, um, but I really like that the whole, like, Clint's just over this 
kind of yeah. vibe that we get from him. <laughs> Jeremy Renner has that down so well. Just the I'm I'm sick of this shit. Why am I yeah, getting it's... dragged into this again? I'm retired. I just want to spend Christmas <laughs> with my kids. Right. Now we've got this girl wearing this suit. She's going to get herself killed. So I have to stop that because this is my fault, essentially, because he was Ronan. And I just, I, I think he's got that down so well. It's so, so interesting. It, it's almost like uh, I'm too old for this shit almost a bit yeah. as well. And uh, he, he does the whole thing. I love the, the sort of that he has to have hearing aids now because they sort of do that one point, like, why do you have hearing aids? And yeah. he has a flashback to, like, all these different explosions and things and him flying through the windshield and or, the, you know, yeah. uh, the, the window during the Battle of New York. Uh, yeah, I, has, I love he that. He has hearing aids in, in the, the comic that this is, this is based off of. So um, I think that was another reason to bring those in. But like he's he's not super powered. He doesn't have super soldier serum. He doesn't wear a suit of armor. So it makes sense that like all these explosions and everything, especially the one at the Avengers compound in Endgame, would really fuck up his hearing. Yeah, yeah. And and I loved the when he was saying goodbye to his kids. His youngest son, uh, Nate, who is Nathaniel Pietro, and that will never not make me cry in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, that he's signing, you know, goodbye to his dad because it's like getting to a point where that might be necessary. And I think yeah. that that's something and, and sort of skipping ahead here a little bit. I think that's something that might come into play with him bonding with Echo, Maya Lopez, who is that character all in the red light at the end of the second episode because she's de a deaf superhero. It's now our second deaf superhero in the MCU because we've got Macari right. in Eternals. Yep. So I think this introduction of, you know, um, these deaf characters and the American Sign Language and everything into the MCU is is a really cool and interesting choice because that's not the typical thing people think of when they want to go see a superhero movie. And yet, I love Makari from Eternals. I thought she was oh, one of yeah. the better characters. She was one of my favorite movie. characters in that movie, for sure. So I, I think the fact that... Like, she was deaf, and it was just never made a thing of, like, oh, she can't hear. We have to talk this way slowly or whatever. It was never explained. She just was. And yeah. I feel like that's going to be the same thing here, hopefully, is she's just deaf, and it's just a thing, and we're not going to, you know, harp on about it the way that some people would because we're not doing this to, you know, mansplain in a way these characters because <laughs> these are female characters that they're they're bringing in and and making the deaf superheroes and i just really appreciate that they're bringing in this bit of diversity that is not the bit of diversity that people normally bring in because i think it also opens up to a new audience which a lot of properties don't have i i gotta give props to the mcu for constantly finding ways to like not only expand their universe, but also like further diversify it really. And like, yeah. Oh, we have all this stuff here, but like, how can we even make it more uh, open and bring in new and different, uh, you know, types of characters. So um, I, I love that they're still able to do that, you know, 20 years into the, this, uh, not quite that, like 15 years into um, the MCU uh, almost here. They're, they're still, uh, able to, to do that so uh, that's that's certainly pretty cool um, but yeah we we do get um, the other big reveal of uh, Kate Bishop uh, stumbling upon the dead body of Armand who's been murdered and it sort of looks like she's yeah. there I was as soon as that happened I'm like oh she's gonna get framed for this somehow so uh, the the story that the media spins is that it's Ronan that uh, that killed Armand um, which I'm sure we'll get more of later on in the series. Um, yeah. But we do finally have the scene where um, Clint and uh, Kate meet up for the first time uh, in the alley. Uh, she's got the Ronan suit on. He chases her down and pulls her up. And she's, she, you know, she's like, like, oh, my God, has this you know, moment of, holy shit, it's it's you. And he's like, who the hell Clint's are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Clint's first reaction was, 
come on. Right. He's just like, oh, God, not this. <laughs> it, was, it was so great. Like, there were a lot of really great moments uh, between Clint and Kate. And they yeah. started with this first one where they're first face to face. And he's just like, oh, God, <laughs> not yeah. this. This is it not was, good. It was the perfect way to cap off the first episode and then sort of kick off the second episode, I thought. Yeah. Uh, really, really well done there. Uh, but yeah, they, they do have to uh, go back to her apartment, which is then attacked by the tracksuit mafia. Uh, and they uh, it nearly burns to the ground. They, they have to leave the suit there, um, but they, they do get out. Uh, and then... My, uh, my we, favorite part of all of that, though, was like they're throwing Molotov cocktails yeah. at, at Kate's apartment. And so Clint just knocks out one of the windows. So it goes through the window and he just catches it and throws it back. Throws it back. I know. I love it. And I, I wish they hadn't put that moment in the trailers because that would have been so cool yeah. to see in the episode for the first time. But also, it's just so cool anyways. It was great. Yeah, it was a great moment. Uh, I, I really like that for sure. And uh, again, some good like bantering between both Kate and, and Clint here. Uh, good stuff for sure. Uh, and the, the other interesting thing that happens after this is they go to her uh, aunt's house. And this aunt yeah. is a very interesting character as well from the comics, uh, who is the sort of caretaker of the uh, West Coast Avengers compound. Uh, she's like a former actress kind of deal. So they, they do go to her house or her apartment, uh, yeah, in this they, series. If you notice kind of in the apartment too, there's a poster, uh, creatures from a dark galaxy or something that says on it, it's starring Maura Brandon, which is right. her aunt. I don't think she's actually her aunt in the comics. I think she's just this other character, but I, it, it gives them a good place to go because we can't go back to Kate's place. And um, I thought the fact that they still made her the actress, because she's an actress in the comics as well, I thought was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely i am curious to see if, like, because she's probably going to be a little bit different in the show. If, if we actually oh, do yeah. get introduced to that character, and if they do, like, I mean, if it's a tease for the West Coast Avengers at some point, I mean, we, we at least have, like, a white vision um, so I don't, I don't know like what they're going to do with that, but if that's ever going to come up in the MCU, good. Well, Kate Bishop is part of the West Coast Avengers. So. Yeah. And, and it would be nice, I think, to get some, some, like, go back to Los Angeles a little bit. Cause we had the, the beginnings of Iron Man in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. but then everything switched to New York and has remained New right. York centric ever since. Yeah. So it would be kind of, I think, nice just for a change of location to go back to California. Yeah. And, and it's, it almost could make for a good TV series, like a Disney plus show, uh, like yeah. an entire series of West coast Avengers would be really cool. Cause I, I feel like up to young Avengers first, but then I yeah. think West Coast Avengers could happen. Do you feel like young Avengers is going to end up being a series or a movie? I think that given that they're introducing all these characters in T in the series, that it might be a series that they then eventually yeah. graduate into the movies. But like introducing new characters in the movies like Shang-Chi and Dane Whitman, who's going to be the Black Knight. And we're going to have Blade soon. And, you know, maybe Cersei gets saved in the Eternals and comes back. You know, who knows? Because she's an Avenger at one point in the comics. So I think that we're sort of building the next group of, you know, adult Avengers yeah. for lack of a better term, in the movies. And then we're sort of building the young Avengers on the, the series, which leads me to think it's going to be a series. I think that makes the most sense. And I think we'll probably get that first. And then we'll get X-Men uh, yeah. and Fantastic Four. Although I think Fantastic Four might be in between there as well. Yeah. But uh, it, it definitely seems like that's sort of the part of the big like long-term plan that Kevin Feige But it it definitely up. seems like where they're heading with Kate just based on what they've yeah. been doing with the other shows. Yeah, definitely. I think she's going to be an important part of that sort of new new crop of uh, Avengers. Um but uh so we do we do have that um we also have um uh <laughs> I love this uh Hawkeye going to the LARP session uh, in Central oh, Park. God. Oh my that god. Was so great. 
I loved it. It was just it, he's like the most fish out of water thing, but also it's like so great. <laughs> like I can't the, put, the, it, put the, words the on the hard nose, the hard nose LARP lady, the no nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do this if you want past me, kind of thing. You have to follow the rules, and he's finally just like, "Oh God, what are the rules?" Oh, and fine. then he like signs up, and he gets his mission <laughs> on a scroll, and. Then they want to give him armaments and that helmet with the the hair. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, he's like, I'm not putting that on. No. And uh, he finally finds the guy, and I liked. He was like, I can take this pretend sword and hit you, and take that suit, or I'm gonna real punch you, and hit, knock you down, <laughs> and take that suit. And I also really liked in that um, when he, you know, agrees to let the guy kill him you know, kill him, that uh, he was like, and I fought Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> it's just great. This is what it's come to. Like, yeah, this is what it's come to. Yeah. This is, it was great. I, I love that whole, the whole sequence and how it all went down and him like slow motion fighting with the fake, the fake swords. Is, uh, yeah. Good stuff. And he makes the deal with the guy. Uh, that he will let him sort of kill him for for the suit, and then there's a good moment afterwards too. I thought with him and the guy, where like there's some actual character yeah. stuff there that it was that was and, really well done. Like a respect the, almost. Grills is that guy's name, and Grills is a yeah. character in the comics who's very different in the comics. He lives in the apartment building that Clint's like protecting in the comics, named Grills because he grills literally. He like grills on the roof of the building, and. Um, I don't know what happens to him. I didn't get that far into the comic book, but he's definitely one of the characters from the comic. So I'm curious if that guy comes back now. Yeah, I I just was saying when I was watching this that I thought he was going to come in sort of I owe you one type of scenario, and because they kind of allude to that, he's like, it, it, you know, if I, I might call you if I need you, kind of thing. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see him again later on uh, down the line in this show, uh, but. Uh, yeah, we did have the, the other scene, which we kind of talked about a little bit already, uh, where uh, Kate is sort of arguing with her mother about uh, Jack's involvement uh, in the murder of Armand, and they sort of have this fencing duel uh, where he's, like, kind of letting her win, and she's getting frustrated because he's letting her win, and uh, uh, it definitely made me think we're going to, as I sort of mentioned earlier, going to get another fight with them, like, with actual swords later on in the show and maybe she's gonna have to kill him i mean we'll see but uh it, it was it was a good scene i liked it yeah i like that scene a lot too i like how eleanor's just standing there with a glass of wine as though there's fencing in that room every day <laughs> yeah and i'm um, ready to be like, like shannon when, when like mike and chance have to stay out and face off or chance and marisol <laughs> she's just sitting there with the like, wine like it's like <laughs> it is what it is yeah um, but i do i did like that a lot um i did you know she, I like that she's, you know, sort of like forced him into saying, well, yeah, I'm much better than I'm letting on. Yeah. And um, I did enjoy uh, the fact that when Eleanor tried to get Kate to apologize to Jack in like the, the following part of that scene, she's like, sorry for scaring you into telling the truth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Like, I'll apologize, but I'll, I'll do it uh, in a way that, that I'm telling you what's up. Uh, yeah. But um uh, yeah, definitely uh, some good stuff there. Um, Clint Barton gets kidnapped by the tracksuit mafia. Uh, yeah, he, she... he told he he had called uh, Laura Linda Cardellini. God, I wish that she had more to do in the MCU. She's so great. Yeah, and then like she's had. They've very already given her. Yeah, they're already giving her more to do in the show. Like even yeah. in the first couple episodes. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah. I I love how she was like. So what's the plan? And he was like, catch and release, which is an right. old like <laughs> Natasha move that she used at the beginning yeah. of the Avengers. The first Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. So I I see uh picking I'm picking up on lots of little like Natasha like what's the word? Um bits that Clint has picked up on over the years or is yeah. now using because they're reminding him of Natasha, maybe. I did is find that also uh, cool about this show that there there's like shades of, of the, like the presence of Natasha is felt 
throughout yeah. this the show already, at least for the first couple episodes. And you know, we'll we'll talk about the ending here, um, which I think is going to tie in more, even more of that. Um, obviously, spoiler alert here for, for Black Widow if you haven't seen it, but uh, at the after credit scene in the at, at uh, you know at the graveyard there, uh, Florence Pugh's character uh, Elaine is visiting uh, Natasha's grave, and we have um, you know. Um, What's her name from Valentina Seinfeld? Allegra Valentina Valentina. Thank you. Uh, yes, that. <laughs> Can't wait for that to show up in IG. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that's her character uh, approaches um, Yelena and says that the man responsible for Natasha's death is Clint, obviously. And so it looks like the tracksuit mafia. Um, here as they they as uh Kate Bishop is coming in for the save, the attempted save. I loved, I loved her line of I didn't know we were supposed to bring guns. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh so they both end up in, in the the uh fortress if you would of of the, the tracksuit uh mafia and it looks like they're working in conjunction with somebody from the red room. Uh, the last scene, we do see that uh, that lady who I thought for sure they were going to reveal her to be Yelena, but uh, it was looks like just another um, one of the sort of released um, agents of the Red Room here uh, well, at the is, end. That is Maya Lopez. That is Echo. And, oh, right. Okay. Um, yes. What she can do is she can do basically what Taskmaster, Taskmaster can do, which is she can mimic others' fighting styles. Yeah. And um, in the comics, and, and we'll get into this part here now, I think. In the comics, her father is killed by Kingpin, and she essentially just starts working for him. And the tracksuit oh, mafia okay. in the comics works for Kingpin. Like, there's a lot of people surrounding Kingpin in yes. this, like, bad guy, like, determined bad guy. Like, we got bad vibes from Jack and Eleanor already. But, like, these guys are bad guys as has been established so far we'll find out more about echo as the um the next episodes go but they all sort of are, are gonna have something to do with kingpin and yeah so there's a because, lot of rumors about kingpin appearing in this show yeah so because we have now sort of deemed the um the daredevil universe, if you would like non-canon, I think is kind of, that's been established. You can now sort of pluck some of these characters, use the same actors, but have them just be sort of in a different universe. And especially with all the multiverse stuff happening as well, you can easily explain that the daredevil universe was just another universe happening within this multiverse. And I know Vincent D'Onofrio has really, um, petitioned to reprise the role as Kingpin. Uh, he has a very active social media presence and is constantly interacting with fans saying how much he wants to come back and play this character. And that he thought that they sort of didn't uh, give him the, the uh, send off that he deserves and he wants to do yeah. more with it. And he very interestingly, uh, before the first two episodes premiered quote tweeted one of those little mini trailers that the official Hawkeye series account on Twitter put out saying something mm. along the lines of this looks like fun. These Marvel series sure are great. <laughs> so I just found that very curious. It could mean yeah. nothing. It could mean that he's just a fan of the stuff and yeah. get a completely this... different actor playing Kingpin in the MCU. Sure. Like, like all of those Marvel characters that Netflix had in their little Netflix universe, they've all reverted back to Marvel. So um, Marvel can use those characters however they want. So I think yeah. that saying Kingpin could be coming in at the end of this series um, is not uh, too far-fetched. It's just a matter yeah. of will it be Vincent D'Onofrio. And I do find it interesting that the final episode of this show is after Spider-Man No Way Home comes out in theaters. No Way Home, of course everybody rumored to have Charlie Cox back in there as Matt Murdock. Right. So if we get him back, I think it'd be a pretty big clue that the final episode would perhaps have Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it could very well be, 
that. I mean, it also could be, uh, could be nothing that I just said. Yeah, it could be another uh, instance of uh, what was that character everybody thought was going to show up at WandaVision? Uh, the, the devil guy, Mephisto. Mephisto. Yeah, it could be just another Mephisto here. Could um, be. But could but be. hey. With all this multiverse shit uh, happening, I, I really think there it opens up all these opportunities to bring back uh, a lot of different characters, uh, and I, I'm really hoping that they sort of are, are able to do that. Uh, the rumors are abound that they they've been really wanting to bring back Charlie Cox. They've been really wanting to bring back D'Onofrio, um, John Bernthal as Punisher is another one, and um, I've heard uh, Kristen Ritter as Jessica. Kristen Jones. Ritter as Jessica Jones, yeah. So. Um, very, very, uh, exciting stuff there if that does pan out, but, yeah. uh, you get, so you but got go, that. Going back to what you said though, about, um, yeah. Echo with the red possibly being from the red room. I think that would be an interesting, uh, character choice to make with her because, yeah. um, there's obviously set up at the end of Black Widow that there are all these widows out there still. Right. And so it would be very interesting to me to have her maybe be one of the released widows, doesn't know what she's going to do, gets mixed up in this. Because we saw one of the widows, of course, that was in the end of Black Widow um, in the begin in the like Macau fight ring thing at in Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, right, right. She's in there. So it's like, okay, we're, we're already seeding the idea that these widows are that were in that movie are out there still now. Alakwa Cox, who plays uh, Echo, was not in Black Widow, but it would be interesting character choice to make her from the Red Room. Although I'm not sure that's the case. They have cast her father in this show. So I I did see that, but I don't know. It, I think it would be interesting, interesting choice and would tie it back in even more to maybe... Yelena coming in and and uh her attempts to kill Clint, which I don't think yeah. will be successful. No, I don't think so either. I think you're gonna end up we're all working together. I think uh Yelena, she's gonna tie into this somehow. I, I do think she's gonna maybe even show up as soon as the end of the next episode that we get. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I do think because like there's a lot of comic book history as as far as I know between her and Kate Bishop, they're like buddies in the comics. So I wouldn't be surprised if they set them up for that here. Yeah, I could see that because I, and Yelena of course is now obviously the black widow character that we have. Yeah. I don't know that I'll it's ever another like one of the youngest Avengers. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that I'd ever like refer to her as black widow. And I don't know if right. we're really going to have her be on the young Avengers. I think they're setting her up to be more on, whatever the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers or whatever they're setting right. up that Val's like the head of with, you know, John oh, right, right, right. From Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier and maybe Abomination, it, you know, he's suddenly back. <laughs> we never thought we'd <laughs> see those characters again. He said so Doctor Strange's like back. lair thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mordo, it could be yep. in there. Um, so who knows how that's going to go. But um, I think that her relationship with Kate may be more antagonistic than it is in the comics. If that's the case, okay. I don't really know much about their relationship in the comics, but um, I'm really curious how they're going to work her in here. I think she'll be here for an episode and then gone. I don't think she's going to be some big major part of the plot because I don't think they want to distract away from Kate and Clint by having Yelena in there. Because Yelena is yeah. loved after Black Widow, like everybody. Oh, loves sure, yeah. Yelena I mean, it's Florence, it's Florence Pugh. Like, let's not go yeah. off, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I do think she's going to play in here somehow because they, they obviously set that up at the end of Black mm -hmm. Widow. But um, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, that idea of having her sort of be an antagonist figure, uh, maybe part of that sort of uh, team that you were talking about, uh, could be an interesting way at first to to, to sort of bring her in. Uh, in that sense, but I, I do think, and it could it could certainly start out that way, but then that also would be interesting if later on down the line the, she does become friends with, with Kate Bishop and that ultimately they do have to work together. It's almost like kind of a Winter Soldier, um, like Bucky and, and uh, uh, Cap kind of deal. But yeah, so I also think that would be interesting because you'd have like the for lack of better terms, second generation Black Widow and the second generation Hawkeye. Right. Yes. 
yeah, so definitely some fun, exciting stuff to look forward to, I think, on this show. Any final thoughts as we wrap up here? I'm really, yeah, I really like this show so far. Like I said at the beginning, I'm really looking forward to the next episode. I think the next episode, after the next episode, we're halfway through, which is crazy to me. Yeah. I don't like how short these series are. Like they, they, yeah. I feel spoiled because we've got nine episodes of WandaVision and then spend six, 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 and six ever since. Um, we had more of what if, but I didn't like what if all that much. So, like, I, Time to pretend that didn't exist. Um, but I really like all the I love that action. show. I love the Doctor. I hope we get that Doctor Strange again. Anyway. <laughs> I, I have a lot of issues with what if. But um, I think that the uh the Doctor Strange in Spider-Man No Way Home being the Doctor Strange from What If might make a bit of sense, but I don't want that to be the case. Um, anyways, I think that this is a really great start to this series i think that hopefully it will get better from here not that it's bad because i really do like it i think it's been pretty great so far but i it's kind of a slow start that first episode was kind of slow to me um but it had to be because you had to do a lot of exposition of where clint is right now um we meet kate here's kate's family situation here's why kate's so obsessed with clint you know you had to establish a lot in that first episode yeah. so i understand it picked up a lot for me in the second episode and so i understand as well why they released them as a pair and not just one but um i'm looking forward to more what about you yeah i think it was a good way to sort of start as you said a lot of like establishing i think this is two two episodes to establish things and then hopefully we'll get like a little bit more of the meat in, in the middle here in the next couple episodes. Uh, I, I guess like, yeah, I, I like it so far. Uh, it's tough to judge on these, th these shows on the first two episodes. Uh, it's better to I think look at after it's all sort of wrapped up. But um, I, I will say I like the, the very like sort of uh, more grounded approach to it. It feels like more like a street based kind of vibe as opposed to like, you know, I, I just watched Eternals couple weeks ago and that's like intergalactic travel and oh, you know yeah. uh, many many thousands cosmic. of years it's all sorts cosmic. of wild stuff and the uh celestials and everything so uh to have that and then to sort of get back to sort of the basics and uh it, it have more of that sort of um you know almost like i was always saying kind of like the daredevil thing but with a much more light-hearted vibe um yeah. and so I, I definitely like that aspect of it so far but, i, I also uh, get the the like diehard christmas vibes from it yeah <laughs> with that's a good way to put it's it just like like we could you can tell from the trailer that clint's just gonna get beat up in this and i think <laughs> yeah. that's really funny so the, there's a lot of i like the christmas vibe yeah definitely uh i i'm looking forward to Watching more of the show, uh, it's very, very fun so far, as I said. I think that's, if I could use any one word to describe it so far, I would say fun. Um, yeah. And we, we definitely need a little bit of fun here and there. So uh, good stuff for sure. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this episode of uh, Hawkeye Reviews. Uh, it went almost an hour, so appreciate you sticking with us. Make sure to click like and share it and subscribe to the channel. All that good stuff. We really appreciate the support here at the Let's Get Ready Network. And uh, Adelia over there, uh, where can the people find you? Uh, I, I know you will be uh, with everybody. You'll probably see a lot of people next week uh, as we're taping this. Yeah, you can uh, find <clears throat> you can find me on Twitter at Adelia Chambo. Um, you can find me uh, running the Let's Get Ready Network website. Uh, match reports will be on hold until I get back from Spectacular because you will find me at Spectacular next weekend. Um, I'm really nervous about the whole thing. I've never been on a plane before, but I'm going and it's going to be great. I just keep telling myself oh, yeah. that and it will be true. Um, and then we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash LGR network, a uh, bunch of tiers, a dollar gets you into our discord where you can talk to us about things like the showdown and like Hawkeye and all kinds of other stuff. And, um, that's really all I can think of. Dagan, what about you? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, you can find me uh, here on the Let's Get Ready Network on Twitter at DaganSB, right down there. Uh, and uh, we'll, next uh, time you'll probably see me will be uh, for our tailgate. We're doing a big uh, spectacular preview show uh, for all those 
Uh, oh, well, actually, people maybe who are even there will, will, will check it out at some point if there's time. Um, but uh, we'll be running down the match card uh, or the, the matches on the card uh, for Spectacular and giving our thoughts and uh, sort of predictions as well. So that show will be me and Josh uh, from the channel as, as well as a couple special guests. Uh, we got Kiwi Jess on there and we also got Tim Sim. So a lot of fun shows coming up next week and a lot of fun stuff uh, coverage for Spectacular. So uh, it's going to be really super exciting. And uh, I, I am, I, even though I'm not going to be able to be there live with you all, uh, I'm super hyped to, to watch it from the comfort of my couch uh, and just enjoy the insanity that's going to be going uh, out Spectacular. So uh, look forward to that show that's coming up uh, for the preview show at least on the 3rd of December at uh, about 8 p.m. Eastern. So uh, thanks, y'all, as I, I'm pretty much completely lost my voice. I just did uh, two re reviews over the last, like, three hours, so uh, I'm pretty yeah, burnt out. <laughs> let's get out of here, then. Let's get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.